Welcome to Guarding the Digital Frontier, a cybercrime magazine podcast series brought to you by Georgetown University, where students who are interested in anticipating the next threat, managing risks, and protecting data can secure their future with a master's in cybersecurity risk management. To learn more about our sponsor, Georgetown University, visit scs.georgetown.edu slash cybersecurity. I'm your host, Charlie Osborne, and joining me today is Frederick Lemieux, who currently serves as Professor of the Practice and Faculty Director of the MPS programmes in Applied Intelligence, Cybersecurity Risk Management, Technology Management, and Information Technology Management. His work has been published in numerous journals and books. Frederick, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. So in this episode, we're going to be discussing the role of artificial intelligence primarily in the cybersecurity field. AI, and by extension machine learning, and as we've seen, new innovations such as chatbots, arguably, have the potential to transform our world and economy with the same impact as the Industrial Revolution, and cybersecurity has to be part of this conversation. So to begin, Frederick, can you please run us through some of the key areas in which AI and ML could potentially benefit cybersecurity? Of course. Well, if we want to look at the application of AI and ML in cybersecurity, we want maybe to look at that in different phases, pre-attack, during the attack, and after the attack. So we can see right now that AI and ML solutions and tools are being used to, for example, do some analytics, right? So we're trying to do and to predict future attacks and where we could be hit. So that's part of the prevention pattern, trying to identify where we could be vulnerable. There's also tools that help an organization to detect, for example, uh, the presence of adversaries in the perimeter when they do what we call scanning or sniffing of the perimeter, you know, like suspicious activity that seems to be on the rise and could interest those who are uh, securing information systems. There's also, in terms of pre-event, the use of AI tools to ensure that proper maintenance and patching of systems are done in time, or at least we can identify where it's needed and could be actioned manually. So that's, I would say, like in a summary, what is happening in the pre-attack phase. Well, during the attack phase, there is a slew of tools also that are available to cybersecurity professionals. For example, intrusion detection tools that help to identify if a system has been breached, penetrated by an attackers. Also, suspicious activity throughout the network, right? So is there, for example, suspicious traffic happening on a network or is this, you know, like suspicious activity happening on a specific device? So we will have, for example, tools that will identify and warn us of anomalies going on on a system or on a network. And right into the attack, but jumping into the response, usually cybersecurity professionals will also have access to tools that can help them to better understand the profile or the nature of the attack or the suspicious activity that they are facing like enhancements and visualization of analytics and also a dashboard that is powered by AI, cybersecurity professionals will be able to rapidly identify what could be at risk or what could be targeted in the system, which will help them immediately to focus on the response, what they should be quarantining, what they should be you know, shutting down, and so on and so forth. So AI will even be able to identify or highlight some of the path to take 
by the professional to answer and provide adequate response to the attack. I would say further down the road, AI can also be used to kind of provide some reporting, what we call like cyber intelligence reporting, and share those with other stakeholders or other partners that could be in the same industry or could be in a supply chain. And so AI can help to automate, if you want, those reports and disseminate them to the right, um, I would say, people that need that information to better protect themselves as well. You know, when I was talking about the phase thing, we can see, just to give you an example of anomalies in a system, you can see, for example, that banks have invested heavily, for example, in fraud detection, right? So is there anything that, you know, like someone is taking advantage in a banking system? It could be a transaction system. It could be other type of systems of, you know, online banking. And they will have this rapid identification of an anomaly in terms of activity from either a branch, it could be from inside, right? Or from a customer or from a different client or someone in the supply chain, in the service chain, if you want, with the bank. So all those kinds of situation, I would say a tool that is now, and I would say for years, like it's not something new that has been embedded, something powered by AI that has been embedded in the vast array of cybersecurity solutions and tools that professionals have access to. I came across some interesting statistics that estimate the market for artificial intelligence in cybersecurity is expected to reach $46.3 billion by 2027. I was wondering what you think about this statistic. Do you think that's about right or do you think the market will be bigger by then? I think it might be something that is relatively conservative because we know that there is a major workforce gap. And I think that in terms of like trying to cover some of that workforce gap, you will see an increase of investment in, I would say, smart technologies that are related to secure information systems and devices. Think about all the realization we're making right now for the supply chain security. We are coming up to the realization that those supply chains are not only vulnerable to hackers, criminal hackers, but also nation states that either want to steal secrets from, you know, like organizations that are in a supply chain, but also may want to disrupt it, which might require different tools in terms of protection. The other thing is also is there is not only like the regular or the traditional supply chain security, there is the digital supply chain security. We saw a few years ago how, for example, nation state or criminal hackers can target softwares and application and use that to penetrate thousands of organizations and get into their system without detection, basically. So that is an area that is right now growing that we could not have seen grow as much like just a few years ago. Just an example of how those numbers could rapidly change in terms of growth and investment. We can say the same thing in terms of international cybersecurity collaboration. So you will see more and more organizations and government investing in platforms where they can exchange cyber intelligence about threats and vulnerabilities. You will see that, you know, like rapidly grow because cybersecurity is clearly for, you know, like I would say Western countries and also China, Russia, North Korea. It's becoming part of a national security objectives and goals. 
And that will certainly increase rapidly. So you will see those nodes and those networks of exchange. And so those platforms will probably also require like quite a bit of investment. And I'm not saying they're not there now, they're there, but in terms of access and dissemination, and I would say scaling, it's not there yet. So that will improve in a few years. Another sphere that it's probably underestimated in the numbers that you provided it's the regulatory compliance and reporting that will be growing with the years. We see more and more government cracking down on cybersecurity incidents and the responsibilities of organization, private sector, but also public sector, raising, if you want, the bar uh, through regulations and standards and all those kinds of things. And I do believe for companies to keep up and to make sure that they maintain, if you want, compliance with those regulations and standards, they will adopt tools that will be able to give them some diagnosis and inform them where they might be like liable or exposed in terms of regulatory compliance. More investment in insider threat detections. We see that growing as in different industries. So yes, I think that the numbers are there, but I think that they are still underestimating areas of growth that are nascent just now. And on the topic of growth, is AI accessible to everyone or are there limitations, whether geographical or otherwise? That's a good question. So Cybersecurity services doesn't come at a cheap cost. Like just in general, when you're facing a ransomware situation, for example, dealing with a situation like that will very often require for smaller companies, smaller organization, the intervention of outside support. And that comes to a high price. And even if those smaller companies would like to have and to deploy, I would say, advanced technology, even that will come to a certain cost that most of those small companies cannot afford. So now, you know, I was talking about regulation before. So would, for example, a regulator force or create a requirement, for example, internet providers to invest in protecting smaller businesses by offering some services a la carte that people, that those organizations can add to protect themselves against external attacks and, you know, like all those kinds of things. It needs to be seen if there will be a kind of democratization of advanced technology and how that would look like. So that's, for example, for us, let's say. But if we look globally, there will be plenty of regions in the world that will have difficulty to get access to advanced technologies. First of all, some countries have rules against exporting technology that are related to cybersecurity. For example, they are regulating that so they cannot export some very sensitive, I would say, defensive technology against hackers and nation states. So that's a problem, right? The other thing is many countries might not have the resources or the awareness to invest in those technology to defend themselves. You know, like it comes to a great cost. And if we think about the way that many government operates across the world, you know, like it is becoming a burden for, especially countries that have centralized governance, it's becoming a burden for those countries to invest across the board. They will be responsible for many sectors of their economy because government is centralized. There is a lesser presence of private sector. So that would be like a major burden. The question is, 
would organization like international organization, financial organization, like for example, the Inter-American Development Bank will invest or will have a fund to help countries, for example, in South and Central America to invest more into cybersecurity. For example, the World Bank have something to support that kind of protection. So there's many things that could be done, but I can see that there will be like a lot of barriers and limitations for countries around the world, you know, like those who are, you know, disadvantaged already economically to invest in those technologies. And Cybersecurity Ventures predicts there will be 3.5 million unfulfilled cybersecurity positions by 2025. So, Frederick, do you think AI could pick up some of the slack and either free up the humans that are available or take over part of their jobs entirely? I think it will be a little bit of both, right? So I think that like any sector, you have kind of like the white collar and the blue collar of a jobs, I would say a vertical. So I think that the blue collar jobs of cybersecurity will disappear. I think that with AI automation in many aspects, like detection, protection, reporting, all those kinds of things will probably have, you know, like hard skill, technical cybersecurity professional being less and less relevant and your risk manager, the person that will have to identify risk tolerance, risk areas, risk exposure, deal with liabilities and all those kinds of things, that person will have a more prominent role in the future, which AI cannot necessarily fulfill just now. So that's one thing. And also, Let's not forget that AI enhance a capability, not necessarily replace all capability in, in cybersecurity. So there's also that aspect. So this is one thing, right? So AI will replace, I would say, entry-level jobs in cybersecurity easily. More decisional, more risk management type of job will be more difficult to replace by AI. But another aspect of AI that is important related to the workforce is how can it be leveraged to educate the workforce? So how can we, for example, develop a more immersive environment in terms of training, in terms of understanding how an attack takes place, how, for example, certain adversary displays are moving in systems and so on. So immersive simulations environment are something that could be done to virtual reality, to augmented reality, using AI to better train and have cybersecurity professionals understand better the risk and what their systems are exposed to. There is also the possibility of real-time feedback and guidance in terms of training. We're using AI right now to write report on what happened, but we could also use AI to help in improving continuous training for cybersecurity professionals. You can also use AI, in fact, and it goes with the learning to play a red team, right? So you can ask an AI, for example, to mount an attack or a campaign against your organization. And then from that, you can learn from the vulnerabilities. You can learn from the type of scenarios the AI came up with to kind of outsmart you, basically. And there's also the possibility to develop, if you want, you know, like learning based on gaming in cybersecurity with AI-powered, I would say, software that can better prepare cybersecurity professionals. So on one side, AI could pick up some of the jobs, can help with that workforce gap, can also maybe shift the demand from entry level to more advanced 
critical thinking type of, I would say, competencies and skill set. But in the same time, AI could be leverage for learning and training. And do you have anything further to add? No, I would say that one of the things that, you know, cybersecurity professional must absolutely entertain in their continuous development is to embrace AI, to embrace its capability, not seeing that only as something that may impact their job, but as a tool of many tools to help them to better do their job. So it's not going anywhere. It will be used by bad guys. We had a podcast on that, AI for malicious activity. So cybersecurity professionals, they have to embrace that technology to continue to keep up with the field and with the threats. Thank you for joining us today, Frederick, and sharing your expertise in this field with us. Thank you. Guarding the Digital Frontier is a cybercrime magazine podcast series brought to you by Georgetown University, where students who are interested in anticipating the next threat, managing risks, and protecting data can secure their future with a master's in cybersecurity risk management. To learn more about our sponsor, Georgetown University, visit scs.georgetown.edu slash cybersecurity.